fourth, fifth, sixth grade, make your way that way. Look for the guy in the Hawaiian shirt and turn that direction. We'll be in 1 Peter 2 in just a few minutes. Um, there's something uh, I love about this church, uh, this being the first Sunday. I'm actually Pastor High. Hi. Good to meet you all. Um, the, <laughs> this is what I love. I walked up to Ralph during handshake time and I said, I'm going to need that rock outside. Uh, could you just calmly go out during this and go pick up a rock and set it on the platform? He didn't even ask questions. So <laughs> I love that about it. There are not a lot of churches that that happens at. Usually there's a committee meeting for that or something. Um, <laughs> okay, some of y'all grew up Baptist. All right. Uh, so, yeah, the committees for the committee's committee. And anyway, uh, let me share this. Uh, and sometimes things just come to you randomly. Uh, we will be doing a hot dog, chili dog eating contest during the thing at 3 o'clock. Um, just going ahead and announcing that. I know that wasn't the official entry list. Um, I'm trying to recruit. Uh, I found out there are three random guys I went to youth group at that are living in Hendricks County now that aren't going to church. And so I'm going to try to get those three random guys here. And if I can get all three random guys, we'll do Church on the Rock versus three random guys I grew up with. Uh, <laughs> win. Beat them, please. Don't give them pride or anything. You know, maybe that'll get them in church to learn something. Um, this morning, we're going to talk about building on the rock from First Peter two. Um, when we get there, First um, Peter two, and we're going to get there in a minute. But but before we get there, I want to talk about something. How many of you ever had a bad idea before? Okay. As I was preparing and understand something, I, I planned on uh, bringing this message a few weeks ago. Um, schedules change, right, Jason? Um, so if you're like, man, did you tailor that, that? This message is old. Um, but when I was preparing this message, I was reminded of something, and sometimes God brings bad ideas to good ideas and then brings good ideas full circle. Um, we had a bad idea uh, our second year. Uh, some of you know we were involved in the camp ministry. 2018, we had a very bad idea for a theme. It's a terrible idea. It was one of those things where, you know, a bunch of 40-year-olds get around and think about things that kids would like. <laughs> Any of you ever had that experience? Okay. Uh, so that's what happened, and, and we did a launch video for our theme. We were going to do a theme on our camp that year, and the theme was going to be FAM, which is probably the lamest theme for a camp ever. Uh, it was pretty bad. Uh, we actually pulled the promo video down, what, 20 minutes after we launched it? It's pretty bad. Um, that year, um, we ended up, we decided to go back Greek, and we, were, we ended up talking about a, a concept called oikos, which we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, ironically, that was also the first camp you guys were a part of back 
three years ago, the first camp you guys were, it was just one of those weird things, and it all came full circle to this message this morning. So this is a four-year-old message, so it's leftovers. Uh, nobody likes leftovers. Okay, any leftover people here? I'd... I always like chicken and noodle or uh, turkey and noodles for Thanksgiving, but my family would never make it till the day after. I don't know why. That was just our tradition. We ate it the Friday after. Um, but that's just kind of how it was. Anyway, so from that bad theme, we got a good theme. And from that good theme, we got to where we are today. We're going to talk in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And we'll go ahead and pray uh, before we do that. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this uh, time that you've been with us. Lord, we pray that you would lead us as a church. Lord, we pray that you would help us to grow in love and grow together in you. And Lord, we just thank you and praise your name for what you're doing here in this place. For us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Leah, can I ask you to switch that to ESV for me? Just because that's what I have my notes in and I'm, I will get lost. I apologize. Thank you. Um, isn't that terrible for me? I, I think Jason switched to the default last Sunday night. Anyway, by the way, while she's doing that, let me just tell you something. This is an exciting place to be. Last Sunday night, we had our first youth group we'd had in the fall. Had a great turnout. Uh, we're going to have an even bigger turnout as other groups are joining with us. We're doing kind of this community ministry thing. Uh, but what I want to brag about while we're there, and one of the things I'm excited about is I've had people reach out to me that want to come and volunteer this week. Um, we had almost as many volunteers as we had in students the first night. You know what that tells me? That tells me we're a church that cares, a church that's concerned about their youth. And what that tells me in the long term is we are a church that's going to grow in that area because we have people that care. And there are a lot of teens in this area that need people that care. So, have you got it yet, Leah? Did, uh... Yes, and Thursday night was an awesome night, too. Packing lunches, I had never seen that process, and organized chaos was a very good way to describe it. I went out to pick up a few more juice boxes, and I was like, I'm going to jump in and help. And I'm like, I have no idea where I would fit in and not blow the thing up. So... It's like, let's just step out. Um, I want to say one thing, which was in my notes that I was going to get in when we got into the text, but let me say this before I say anything else. Um, we're in an interesting time as a church. Can we all just, it's an awesome time, but let, let, let me kind of lay it out for you. What, what is going on at this church right now? Um, we, like every church, went through covid did you ever hear about it? There's like virus thing that went around and shut down churches and changed all our behavior patterns and changed our culture. We all went through that. Anyone who's gone to any church has gone through that in the last 18 months. Um, it was a time where we learned a lot, but it was also a time of transition for a lot of us. Coming out of that time, what that means is a lot of people are seeking ministry and meaning. 
because going to church anymore just doesn't cut it. And if you're going to do it, you might as well just sit at home and watch online, right? If it's not about the community, if it's not about worshiping together, serving, it's just you might as well sit on the couch, right? Okay, am I the only one? Okay, maybe I'm the only one. Uh, (laughs) Either way. By the way, Lee, if you can't get it transferred over, I can do it in NLT because I can just read off the screen. Um, Oh, awesome. So... That being said, I want, I want to say something to those of you who are in the building, those of you who serve with Rashad. Uh, by the way, do you notice there's, there's a big difference between the two of us? Uh, he has way more hair than me. And then your transitional uh, Pastor Jason uh, has a lot less hair than me, so I'm kind of in the middle of the hair spectrum. <laughs> you have to have some defining characteristic, right? Um, Although the blonde lady in the back said the new pastor was cute. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, just her opinion, I guess. But anyway, she probably has to. You're right. Um, but <laughs> but the, whole, the whole thing is, is this. We all went through transition. Uh, we've all gone through trying to figure out what meaning is and what God wants us to do and what God wants us to do in this culture, and what God wants us to do in this moment. We've all gone through it. And those of you who were here through that whole time have gone through it. Let me tell you something about the people visiting, and the people who have been visiting. They've all been through it too. And they're seeking meaning, and seeking a place they can serve and be loved on, and a place they can walk together and strive together with people in faith and truth. And by the way, it's, it's hard to be on both sides because uh, I'm going to ask you all just to have grace with each other through 2021. You know why? Because we're all learning and growing together, right? <laughs> we don't know. I, I have no idea. If I were to sit down with our, our leadership today and say what the church is going to look like at the end of 2022, I've got some ideas of what I think would be awesome, but I don't know what God's going to do. And he's in charge of the church, right? So, so I'm excited to see what God's going to do here. Um, I, don't, I don't know what God has for this place, but I know what God has for this place and what God has for those of us who will be invested in this place is an impact that will be for the time that we were in, not for the time that we were in. And hopefully the time we're going into will be better than the time we came out of But if it's not, hopefully it'll at least be some time where we can serve and love one another, right? We don't know what's happening with our culture, our country, and all of that. But I know one thing. uh, When the early church thrived, they were burning Christians on the side of the road. So I think we'll do okay. Okay. All right. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, and then we'll get into the reason that there's a big fake rock on the platform. Uh, First... Peter chapter 2, verse number 1, it says this, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that they, by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, so put away it. Oh, you're fine. As you come, 
to him, a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious. We're just going to stop there for a minute and we'll pick up in a couple of minutes. Understand this. The Christian life is so awesomely simple. We make it complex, right? The Bible says we come to him with faith like a child. What does faith like a child mean? Faith like a child means God is my father and I trust him. That's faith like a child. Faith like a child means that I don't have to know everything, but I have to know who knows everything. My kids, I don't think, ever thought about who paid for McDonald's. Did yours? They just thought it automatically came, right? They just thought the cereal was in the house, right? <laughs> they didn't think about where the cereal came from, and they didn't think about what would happen if there wasn't cereal. They just expected it. Or maybe you're one of those hot breakfast families, and you just expected whatever that hot breakfast was, and praise God for your parents that cooked you hot breakfast. Uh, there wasn't a Pop-Tart. That was our favorite hot breakfast growing up was Pop-Tarts. Um, but that childlike faith that it talks about there, and, and it sets out such a simple principle because sometimes we say we need to honor all this religiosity and make all this stuff up in our heads uh, to do and not to do. And he gives us a very simple command in verse 1. It says, put away all malice and deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and slander. Summing that up real easily, don't act like who you aren't, and don't talk about people. Okay? <laughs> Seems simple, right? But we all have an image to uphold. But the simple principle is, don't worry about it. And then it goes on in verse 2. Like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk that you may grow into salvation if indeed you have tasted the Lord is good. His commandment is this, still want that pure spiritual milk. And I didn't grow up on a farm. Any of you grow up on a farm in here? No farmers? Absolutely no farmers. Okay, so... Have you ever been to a farm? Okay. Any of you ever played Farmville on your Facebook? Uh, <laughs> just making sure everyone's still together. Uh, when you go on a farm and you drink milk when you're there, it tastes different, doesn't it? What he's saying is crave after that sweet, non-processed, hope you get where I'm going with this, non-filtered, Milk. Enjoy the pureness and the goodness of that. What God's given you. Listen, we live in a world that we have everything programmed, right? We don't have, we can read off a script for our Christianity and sound good to other people. We can, we, we can take on a persona that's not us and cover our, our heart that we know isn't anywhere near God just by saying the right words. But the Bible says, desire the sincere 
pure milk of the word and love it. So our command there, building a foundation on the word. Get to the point where you crave the word. Get to the point where you crave it. All right, going on, verse 5 says, You yourselves are like living stones being built up in a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices of God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So it is honor for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become a stumbling stone. A stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. I want to stop there for a minute. The idea is that we are spiritual stones. Do you have a, cl- a clean picture of that house, the stone house? We are a spiritual house, a stone house built up. There's that word oikos, that, that idea of a dwelling place built up. See that house? Isn't that a beautiful house? That big stone there. See all those little stones? See how they all fit together? He says that we are a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. You know what that means? That means we're all built together. What that means here for our local church is we are all stones that fit together. His Holy Spirit binding us in a spiritual dwelling. Have you ever watched a stone house being built? Ever seen a stone house being built? It's not kind of a common thing. I'm a I'm a history geek, so I, I decided when I was studying for this, I was gonna watch some stone houses being built. My house has like that Bedford stone on the front living in Indiana. I'm sure some of you have lived in houses with that Bedford stone on the front. You know the Bedford stone when it comes out, it, it doesn't naturally fit together. What has to happen? It has to be put together. Something has to join it. Not only that, sometimes you got to chip off the edges, right? I want to tell you something as a word of caution. As God's building and putting together your life, and as God is building and putting together this church, he's going to chip on us. Because some of us aren't perfect. Actually, all of us aren't. I was seeing which one of you would agree that you were perfect. Nobody, nobody took the bait, thankfully. Uh, some of us aren't perfect. So what God has to do is when he sees whatever it is, whether that's lack of patience in our life, whether that's a spirit of gossip in our life, whether that's a, a spirit of pride in our life, he has to chip that away so we all fit together. Because this rock, he builds the house, right? We don't. We can't. We don't have the ability to because it's his house. The Bible actually says if we build a house without Jesus and labor, in vain do we labor. 
building that house because it's his house. He talks about himself as the cornerstone. Anybody know what a cornerstone is for? Anybody know what a corner, what's a cornerstone for? Okay, that's part of it. They, yeah, and they build around it. Because without the cornerstone, there is no building, right? The Bible says who's the, who's the chief cornerstone? It's Jesus. We build around Jesus. What are we tempted to build around? We're tempted to build around all kind of things, right? We're tempted to build around entertainment and fun, and I love all those things. By the way, I hope you don't, I hope you leave it. I, the first Sunday I walked into here, I said, well, at least it's a fun church. <laughs> it's not an organized church. It's not a, no, okay, step on a couple toes. All right. Uh, and, and by the way, I mean that in the best way, because I had a conversation with somebody the other week, and I said, you know what? I hope this church never loses its authenticity as a church, because that's part of the DNA of the church, Right? But the idea of Christ building it, and he makes it his, that means we're not called to do everything for everyone, and we're not called to be everything for everyone. We're called to be a light who we're called to be a light to. We're called to get the gospel out to everybody. But can I just tell you, we're not in a town that only has one church, okay? There, you know, if you, you can go a quarter mile down here, right? There's a church right there, and if you don't like that one, you can go over there. But the point of the church is that we reach the people that God puts in front of us. God has designed us to reach a people that are like uh, people who are broken, people who are hurting, people who are... <clears throat> stuck, God's put us here to reach those people. Say, who does God put you to reach? Um, God's put you to reach those people you work with. I, I, know, I'm, I know I'm going a little off the text, but I'm, just stick with me. God called you to reach those people, because you never know who those people are going to be working next to you. I thought of that. Did you ever have that? I was having a bad night, and I work in a big place. And this girl walks up to me so happy. Jamie, I told you the story. She's like, I thought that was you. She wanted to talk to me about Jesus and talk to me about her walk with Jesus. And I'm thinking to myself, man, tonight was probably not the night. It was the night I needed it, but it wasn't the night I was hoping that someone who knew me as a Christian saw the environment I was working in. You ever been there before? Christ builds the house. He is the chief cornerstone, chosen and precious. Never forget that little word there, precious. And we're going to get to 1 Peter 2, 9 in a minute. But never forget that little word, precious. It means he has value. When we worship, we worship him. He has value. All right, 1 Peter 2, 9. 1 Peter 2, 9, we'll go on through verse 12 says, but you are a chosen race, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who have called you out of this darkness into his marvelous night. Once you were not a place people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, as saying, abstain from passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. We'll stop there. What I want you to see in verse 9 is who God calls you. A chosen race, a chosen people. We talked about this when we talked about the book of Colossians. That isn't class. That isn't race. That isn't gender. That's we are chosen as part of his family. That means whether David is my favorite brother or not, He's my brother, right? And I have to treat him like family. Doesn't matter. I have to treat him like family. I have to treat Clinton like family. Because he is my family. It says we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. How many of you read that and it kind of, you don't know what to do with that whole idea of a royal priesthood because we, we picture priests as something different than what we are. But the Bible describes us as priests. Why? Because we can go straight to God. We don't have to go through a middleman. We are, we are a holy nation. By the way, don't get that confused. That's not America. That's not Israel. A holy nation is us as believers, Okay. Don't, don't get into that whole mess, because that's a whole mess if you get that direction. Uh, God, I'm thankful that the majority of America throughout its history has been called Christian, but you, you can get into the weeds a little bit when you get into the idea of a Christian nation, okay? Um, the Roman Empire was a Christian nation that killed a lot of Christians, all right? There's a, there's a whole different thing. I'll try not to get too far off on that. All right. A people for his own possession. What's that mean? That means we belong to his family. And it says that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of this darkness into his marvelous light. That means I don't care where your starting point was when you got saved. Some of you got saved in Christian homes and good environments. Some of you might have got saved. I don't know all your testimonies. I, I've known great believers that I knew who got saved in prison. Uh, I knew a guy that got saved by uh, sleeping on a guy's couch that he took him home after he knocked him out in a bar fight, and he shared the gospel with him in the morning. Okay? I don't care where your starting point is. God doesn't care where your starting point is. You say, how do you know that? Because the greatest, right, the, uh, Moses and Paul wrote most of the, were the biggest writers in the Old and New Testament, right? Both of them killed people, okay? Any of you in here killed some? I probably shouldn't ask that out loud. <laughs> I don't honestly believe there's anyone in here that's killed someone. If you did, tell me about it after service. Um, I'd, be loved, I'd love to hear the story because sometimes you just like to hear good stories. Um, he says, he's called you out of darkness 
into his marvelous light. What's that mean? That means it doesn't matter where I came from. That means it doesn't matter where you came from. What matters is where you're going and whose you are. That's what matters. Verse 10 says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. I don't think we get the weight of that. Once, you've re- once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy, stop right there. Once we were not a people, what's that mean? That means, and can I be honest with you on the human level in this room, that means most of us wouldn't know each other, right? If we didn't know each other, we probably wouldn't like each other, probably wouldn't hang out because we wouldn't have that thing that binds us. Because what I've, what I've found in communities of faith is the things that bind them are the things, that are the things of Christ because God brings together people from all kind of diversity to build his body. Uh, you look at the disciples, you had guys, uh, and we'll get into that one Sunday, uh, you had disciples who were literally like the anti-government zealots and then the guys who worked for the Roman government as the corrupt tax collectors, and they were on the same, and those were the first 12 that Jesus called. Because what do we have to agree on? We have to agree on Jesus, right? The rest of it's just, it's just stupid stuff we argue about that doesn't matter in the end. We were now God's people. So what, what does he command us to do as God's people? First Peter 3.11 Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, abstain from the passions of the flesh which were against your soul. Stop right there. God's not calling you, and I don't know what church background, religious background all of you grew up in. Um, I grew up in a legalistic background, which meant God was calling me to piano and organ music, and having a guitar on the platform was a sin, and Clinton playing that cajon would have been booted right out of that building, all right? Uh, no way in the world. And me without a tie on, I'd, I'd be out, right? Because I wouldn't be holy enough to stand in the place. Because I wouldn't be representing Jesus well enough. Okay, that's, that's how I grew up. I don't know how you grew up. Some of you, some of you might have grown up in a holiness background where you weren't allowed to wear makeup. Some of you might have grown up as hippies where you had the exact opposite, where you weren't given any restraint, right? It doesn't matter because it says as we are sojourners and exiles, what's that mean? That means the time we have on the earth is that blip on the radar and eternity is that great. It says abstain from passions of the flesh that war against your soul. Don't worry about all that peripheral stuff. That's not what gets you anyway, right? What I put on this morning doesn't do a whole lot one way or the other. But what I thought about when I woke up this morning does. All right. That's where we go to. Verse Peter 1.12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Understand that. Jesus summed up all the commandments in this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. What's Peter saying? Keep your conduct honorable. How do you define that? You define that back in verse 1. 
Don't slander people. Don't try to be someone you're not. It's that simple, okay? It's not all this legalism that we pour on it. It's not all this put away malice and deceit, hypocrisy, evil, all slander. Be real. God didn't call you. Listen, you got 168 hours in a week. Okay? If you were here to bag up lunches, if you were here for youth group Sunday night, if you were here on the worship team this morning, if you were here cleaning, maybe you best you were here eight hours this week. It meant you had 160 somewhere else, right? God doesn't care about what image you want to put out. And what actual Christianity and actual ministry is, is that other 160 hours. I love meeting here together to worship as a body. I love getting able, being able to preach, but I want you to understand something. Please don't allow me to preach if I don't earn that. I appreciate Jason's transparency a couple weeks ago. I didn't appreciate the timing of it at all. <laughs> when I got a text at 11 o'clock on Saturday night, brother, I just, I know I can't preach. And I'm like, I wish you would have known that last night <laughs> or this morning or this afternoon. But I appreciated this transparency, right? Because it's transparency told me this, and it told me this about the body that we're worshiping in. It told me that integrity mattered more than image. Let our integrity matter more than the image we try to put forth. Let our integrity, why? Because we're a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation. We represent Jesus on this earth. I won't ask you to raise your hands because every hand would go up in the room. I know that because I did a test market with it last night when we had college ministry at our house. How many have been hurt by hypocrites in the church? You know what? Every hand would go up. Some of you would put up both. Some of you might go uh, full Holy Ghost and throw up both and run around a little bit. Uh, uh, because you understand it. What's God call us to? What's the royal priesthood look like? What's building on the rock look like? It looks like an authentic ministry that puts Jesus at the center of it. It's about an authentic ministry that says the image doesn't matter. What Jesus does matters. So how do we go forward? What do we do as we build? If you're on leadership team, you'll probably want to owe me this rest part of the notes and be like, when are we having a meeting? But just follow along and just be thankful. Uh, how, do we go, how do we go forward? We're already going forward, right? We got a women's conference taking place here. That's awesome, by the way. Uh, that is an obstacle that became an opportunity. All right? You know why? Because there are people who would have never considered being a part of that because going two days downtown, being apart from it, wouldn't have thought of it. But what did we do? We made the buy-in a little lower. So, hey, you know what? If you can make it for one afternoon, make it for an afternoon. You got youth ministry rolling now. Uh, we've got the bag ministry. By the way, uh, we had a family that reached out to us this week because of what we're doing. 
with the mission to say, hey, you know what? We want to we try out your church. We want to see what you guys are doing. We've been out of church for a long time, but we see you guys are actually trying to serve. You're not trying to just put forth an image. Go forward in that. I've talked to a couple guys about going forward, and, and Lord willing, by the end of this year, we'll have it set up going forward and doing discipleship. Intentional discipleship, whether it's a small group setting that's outside of our current small groups, whether it's a, a more formal service setting. Again, I told you, I don't know what this looks like. I just know God's here and God wants to do something, right? Okay. And men, can I be honest with you? I'm excited that there's women's ministry rolling here. I'm excited that they've taken the lead on that, but it's time that we do that too. Okay. You know why? Because we need brotherhood and accountability. You know why? Because I need Clinton Russell to be able to look at me and say, hey, you know what? I see what you're doing as a dad. And, and I used to do that. And I stumble with that and I struggle with that. But hey, I want to help you. Right? And he needs to be able to do that to me too. Right? Because none of us are better than one another. So let's, let's see what men's ministry looks like. Let's see what our outreach looks like. We're going to have to be doing a new members class here soon. I love doing new members classes. I have no idea what a new members class entails. I don't even know if I'm a member currently. But <laughs> I'm excited to see what it looks like. Uh, I know we've got a ton of people who need to get baptized here. So in the next few weeks, we're going to be setting up baptisms because there are people who need to make that public profession of faith that they've accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, and we need to gather around this community and do that. We need to be a part of that. Uh, not only that, uh, the Lord laid on my heart a few years back to do a grief share ministry. We're going to be doing that first of the year. Um, to reach the people who are hurting and grieving because there are people out there who have left the church, who are disconnected to their families because they've dealt with this big weight of grief on their shoulders and they have no way to know what to do with it, but God does. Not only that, we're probably going to have to have a reaffirmation Sunday so we actually have a membership role, right? Uh, <laughs> to, to see what God's going to do. But I, what I want you to know in all this is this, and that, this is what I'm going to close with. And all I'm going to ask you to do for an invitation day is pray. By the way, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you sat through this message that was mostly for Christians, and you don't know who Jesus is, and you don't know what this royal priesthood's about, please, 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 before you leave this building today, seek someone out. Seek someone out. But for those of you who are, who are in this house, all I'm going to ask you to do is simply rise up to pray. When we have a time uh, and they come to play worship, I don't care if you pray in your seats, I don't care if you pray in the altar, Pray. Pray that God will begin to raise up what God's going to do here. If you're just here visiting, pray for us. <laughs> and realize that many of us pray for you. We're going to set up something with prayer ministry, and I've got to talk to David before we do that, taking the prayer ministry next level. What's next with prayer? How do we pray over every member every week? How do we make sure everybody's getting prayed for? Why? Because how many of you need prayer? Okay. Rest of you heathens, you, you don't know you need it. Uh, 
pray for one another. And that's what I'm going to close with today. If we're going to see the church that Jesus builds, the only way we will see it is if we seek after him. If we build it on his rock, and that his rock is higher than ours. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the few minutes to share your word this morning. Lord, I pray if there's any here this morning that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, that they would seek someone out here. Lord, I pray that we would be sensitive to seek them out. Lord, I also pray for every person in this house this morning, Lord, that we would have a spirit of prayer, that we'd have a spirit that honors you, and, Lord, that we would seek after your face. For it's in Jesus' name I pray.
podcast is a ministry of Church on the Rock, building his body, breaking our barriers. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at www.churchontherockbb.com.